Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Kirsty of Bits of Bernard Photography. And I'm Caitlin of Ragamuffin Pet Photography. And today we have an interview for any pet photographers struggling with their networking or selling skills. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of the Pet Photographers Podcast. Our guest today is a master photographer who specializes in heartfelt portraits and has been running a successful portrait business for 36 years. Her superpower is selling multiple large portraits per client and she's generating a consistent flow of new clients with her networking strategies. It's Lucy Dumas of Insight Training for Photographers. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club, Lucy. Hi, Caitlin and Kirsty. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me. Oh, thank it's you so lovely us. to have you on. So um, although you don't specialize in pet photography, Lucy, we were so interested to chat with you um, when you reached out after hearing your, after you heard our interview with um, Erin. Mm-hmm. Turns out that Erin was one of your students and um, yeah, you were keen to share more of your insights to our audience. So we're so happy that you're on board. Um, for the listener who isn't familiar with uh, who you are, maybe you could share in your own words um, a bit of your story and um, and a bit about your photography business and how you got to where you are today. Well, as I as you mentioned, I've been full time for thirty six years. No rich husband, no inheritance, <laughs> just a lot of hard work. <laughs> and I started out like most people didn't know anything about business. Got a Minolta XG seven and everything else faded away of importance and photography became my passion. And then when I had uh, an opportunity, read uh, unemployment (laughs) to (laughs) create the life of my dreams, everything pointed to photography. Mm -hmm. And I'm a lifelong learner. So I just dug in and learned and read and practiced. I joined local photography organizations and In the U.S., we have the Professional Photographers of America. We have week-long classes that you can take with one photographer. Uh, And I I hang out with friends. We brainstorm together. So um, just by hook or by crook, I built a business that has sustained me all these years. And um, it's just, it's, it's always creative. It's always exciting. I started in wedding photography and then after 10 years, because I always loved children as well, I decided before I hit the burnout phase with weddings to grow and build a new niche of children. And at the time it was kind of a man's world in photography. So it was a nice open field and uh, it just grew and grew and I became, you know, a legend in my own mind, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, a little bit famous for being a, a children's photographer. And so, how did um, you make that? Oh, sorry, Lucy. How did um, I make the transition? Yeah, was that uh, just a, a natural thing because your uh, wedding clients were having children, or that was something no. that you actively sought? I actively sought yeah. it. I changed my uh, at the time. Yellow Pages used to get me clients. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So I changed my yellow page. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. When it shows up on my door, it's a question of how long does it take to go to recycle? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I changed the ad to be a photograph of a child. I just put my logo and then children big and family small. I didn't put weddings anymore. My business card said children. When I introduced myself to people, I didn't say I'm a wedding photographer. I said I specialize in in babies and children. So I just kept telling the world that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I had a client that was pregnant and during her wedding. So she was my first official um, shoot, yep. you know, baby that that I photographed to use in ads and such. And I had done some during the 10 years, but I'm a firm believer, believer in being niched. Mm-hmm. That, well, that suits us very well. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. So I, and I'm someone that has like an, a natural instinct for what is upcoming. Like I'm not the innovator of things, but I'm aware of trends. And in the last like five, six years, I have been feeling that pet photography was a huge opportunity for people who are passionate about animals. You know, I'm a baby fan So, and now the baby field is so crowded that I rarely even book a baby session. It's usually families because it's oversaturated, but pets are right at the, you know, at the um, perfect stage to get into it because people are starting to see wall portraits in their home, in other friends' homes. They're hearing about it. Stores are displaying pet portraits, veterinarians, and so forth. There's there's these easy places to network. And there's, uh, like, I don't know about you, but it, are pets like, like the big thing where you guys are? I seem to think that. But I think that, but that's probably because of the circles that I move in, I think. <laughs> Um, I was I was gonna say the same thing. I'm like, well, they are for me, but I'm a dog person, so <laughs> I don't know. It, it's been about ten years for me since I started specializing in pet photography, and I have seen that um, the pet photography industry as well is becoming more saturated, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for us because more pet photographers working with the industry just means more people being aware that pet photography is a thing that yeah. you can do. Yeah, exactly. So it, it really does. I just view the more pet photographers out there. That's great. That's people educating potential clients um, that it's an experience that they can have with their dogs. So yeah, I definitely see what you mean. Pets are the dogs are the new kids. <laughs> I've had clients saying that they, to tell, to tell you the truth, I really love my dog more than my kids right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, come on, kids are way hard probably. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they grow up and they go away. Hopefully. Mind you, <laughs> mind you I'm sitting for a dog who, oh my God, I think I would trade it for a kid. 
she's an escape yeah. artist, so it's a lot <laughs> of fun. Um, you mentioned the networking potential there, Lucy. Um, that is what we're really interested in getting your insight in. I know that's okay. something that you particularly specialize in when it comes to mentoring students. So did you want to start diving into some networking strategies that you particularly uh, recommend? Sure. So um, give you a little my experience in weddings and how it translates to Mm -hmm. pets without knowing it. I was a networking beast (laughs) in wedding (laughs) photography because I'm a social person. And also if I love a service, I want to tell everybody. It just makes me happy. So when I was building my business, I was always meeting cake bakers, florists, DJs, etc., making friends and referring them. And when I did bridal shows, I spent as much time in the morning before the show started wandering the show and meeting people in the industry. So mm. how that translates, and that's hard to do in children. I found it much more challenging to network with children and family portraits because there's not that many services. There's not that many children's stores that are not chains. You know, it's a little, a little different, but with pets, this is what the, the sense that I got five, six, seven years ago is there. It's such a niche that there are all kinds of small businesses that cater to the higher end pet owner, bakeries, clothing stores, boutique, uh, dog and cat washes, uh, dog walkers, babysitters, not babysitters. That's, um, <laughs> <house sitters. laughs> babysitters, um, uh, veterinarians, groomers, it, you know, endless services. I mean, within, for me here in San Diego, within four miles, there's probably 10 vets and Mm -hmm. they all have walls and they're all a small business. They're, they're trying to get clients. So building relationships with, with the other owners, building us, even uh, one of my clients is doing what we're calling a circle of friends group where, and this is for the wedding industry, but I could easily see it in um, pet, the pet industry is they meet once a month, once or twice a month and just get to know each other. And it's kind of like a mastermind, but uh, not as specific. And then they have quarterly socials at each other's, places of business. And so, and there's just all kinds of ways that you can build friendships and give referrals within the industry. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of have a similar network in Adelaide, actually. Um, We don't do formal catch-ups or anything, but there is like a small group of us that um, look after each other. So one is a a groomer, a dog bakery, myself, fresh dog food that's delivered. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else would I include in that? 
What about your behavior? Uh, yeah, they're not really kind of part of that, but yeah, um, yeah, I work really close with them. So, yeah, I mean, there's always, I mean, is there ever going to be a negative to another business talking about you? I right. <laughs> can't imagine unless it's badly. No. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, of course, that would be a fantastic thing to make it a bit more formal and, and maybe catch up. I guess it's just you'd have the same hurdles as if you were in any industry where you're trying to get a group of people that are all free at the same time on a regular basis. Right. But right. as long as you've all got common goals, and I think this is the the problem that you'd face is trying to find people who are at a similar place to you where your focus is on growing your business. Um, right. So, for example, there's a dog daycare in Adelaide that I would love to work with, um, but they're massive and they, they don't need me basically. And I've right. tried in many different ways to try to, you know, say like, well, this is how I could benefit you and yada, yada. But their strategies are already in place and, you know, they have a great business. And to them, they kind of look and go, well, you know, even if I get some artwork, I'd rather just buy it. So they're not the right fit. Um, right. And that's, that's fine. Exactly. Because yeah. we're looking for those those people that we resonate with that are as excited to talk about you as you are exactly to talk about them. Yeah. yeah. So some of the strategies that, that could be similar to what I've done in weddings is that anytime I had a potential client, I not only would, you know, talk about our photography and get them in for a consultation. But at the consultation, whether they booked me or not, I would share with them, um, you know, just you have this, you know, awesome, great Dane. And I have some people that I just love to tell people about. So anytime I meet with a client if it were a pet client and I had these relationships built, I would share them with every client. I would send them home with a nice little list, maybe even some um, incentives to go in and, and visit. I would give gift certificates for a doggy spa and have to my clients. So, I would, you know, when I'm networking, I love to share, 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 and then it comes back. What mm-hmm. I, what I do in that sharing, if I find a service I really like, I share it several times. Now, if I never hear back from them, I never get a thanks. They don't want to meet for coffee. They don't want to chat. I may still share it because I love their product but I would be looking for a substitute in that same department. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So for example, for the pet industry, I'm guessing something that we could definitely do that wouldn't come across salesy or anything would be before the shoot, you might want to gift your client a voucher for a groomer. Now they might not use it because a lot of people already have their groomer that they love, but you've put their name in front of them. And if for some reason they need to switch groomers, they might be top top of mind. So that would be a good way in the beginning. And then maybe after the shoot, you might want to give them a little gift of a bag of treats that are like made from a 
specialist dog bakery or something like that locally. Exactly. Um, So that way you're not sort of pushing all of these businesses at one time and it's a nice way that you can just slowly introduce them um, and while supporting, you know, your circle of friends is what you called it, right? Right. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Yeah, got it. So the other, the way that um, to network with an ideal business where their clients are the the people that you're after is to give them the opportunity to gift sessions to their best clients. Mm-hmm. And it's promoted, not like, Hey, would you give some sessions away so that I could get business? So the way that you, you frame it is I have a way that you can thank your clients and stay top of mind for them. It increases the referrals and the return business. And that is a portrait session that as a thank you. And when they see that portrait on the wall, they don't only think about the experience they have with me, but they will think about you. And this is free of charge. Um, and we would figure out what the criteria is together. Ideally, it's somebody that would love to also have some art of your, you know, photographic art in their place of business. But um, like a mobile groomer might not have a spot for that, but they may be serving Mm -hmm. the ideal community. And so if they have five certificates, five to 10 that they can gift every month, um, it makes them look really good and then brings in potential perfect clients. Sorry, just on that note of, um, uh, you know, finding this person with the right client, um, maybe let's talk about that for a minute because I know a lot of our listeners are quite familiar with um, third-party marketing. I do a lot of it, so we've spoken about it on the show a bit, um, okay. But uh, which is what you're suggesting. Um, so, yeah, I think it would be quite beneficial for the listener to hear you know, how how to know who would be the right person to partner with because that can um, be a, a really – that can have a really big impact on whether or not it's a successful or or not as successful um, partnership. Sure. Yeah. So first of all, they have to love what you do. Yeah. And they have to be the kind of people that love to share. And – I recommend they have the experience of being photographed. And yes, there's some gifting that I do um, for something like this, but also they have the opportunity to purchase portrait art Mm -hmm. for their homes. If they're not willing to spend, they're not going to be a good lead source because they're not going to be excited Okay, so that's one. So do you, sorry to interrupt, do you recommend um, then rather than approaching 
so I'm assuming you're gifting, you know, the session itself, for example, right. but you're not then gifting, say, all the digital files that they would just, no you know. No digital files. Um, yeah. <laughs> Zero. So I made a, made a big assumption there. Not, yeah, not hard to assume that. Um, <laughs> so, so you would be approaching them saying, hey, like I'm really interested in you knowing the whole Lucy Dumas experience. Um I'd love to gift you your session fee and here's a little bit about what I do, what I specialize in. Would you be interested? Blah, blah, blah. Is that how you would approach that? Well, so that's a little jumping in too fast. Okay. It's like dating, Um, right? (laughs) Right. It's like you're at a bar and you're available and you see this cute guy and he comes over and he says, hey, I'd really like to make out with you. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. So, But a, a smart guy will be like, hey, that's a pretty color on you. Um, did you, right. you know, did you see the parade? How, no, no, no. Tell me, where are you from? And Which build maybe, a relationship. Maybe we need dating tips from you as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> New podcast, guys. The relationship yes. experts. I can't. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yes. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I could do that. Um, and, and then at a certain point, when the guy's doing this right or the girl, you know, whatever. Um, oh, yep. Now you're like, oh, my gosh, I want to make out with him. <laughs> you know, so gotcha. you build that connection. You like a nice so this is i'm going to do a a a really big leap to the one way that you can find these people is if you're doing shows like i i trained aaron to uh go to shows where they're the ideal clients Uh neighborhoods what it costs to get in there uh what other vendors are there um, so she does this, this, uh, drawing for 16 by 20 and then their second place prizes. And those second place prizes are just about anybody who filled out the form. Well, that looks like a likely prospect. Um, sometimes I recommend a session and credit for one small print. Uh, she's gotten so busy that now I think she just does the session. So, Okay, so you're with me so far? And just um, for any listeners listening right now, if you do want to head back to Erin Bonilla's episode, that was season one, episode 10, and she goes really, really deep into that strategy that Lucy just mentioned. So um, it's really interesting if you, yeah, if you want to jump back and listen to that just so you guys have a heads up. But, yeah, Yeah. continue. Sorry, Lucy. So the form that they fill out, their entry form, has some key questions And some are to get them emotional. Some are to kind of establish that they might be interested in wall art. And then the last one is, please tell us about any services you love that take care of your pets. Mm -hmm. So then if I said, you know, this is my favorite veterinarian, I love this dog bakery, you know, this is my favorite groomer. Okay. So mm-hmm. now I call up that groomer 
and say, Sally Smith mentioned you and said that she absolutely loves working with you. I'm a pet photographer. I love to refer great businesses to my clients. So can you tell, so I'd love the opportunity to know more about you and what you do. Mm -hmm. So now you're just not knocking on a door with a portfolio saying, you want to buy my gift certificates for free? (laughs) (laughs) You're building a relationship. And so, I mean, anybody that would call me up that said, uh, you know, one of your clients mentioned you and I'm a, I make children's clothing and I just love knowing about great services. Gosh, I'd talk their ear off. I'd meet them for coffee. I'd get to know them. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's about building that relationship. And when you, you know, another option would be just posting on your personal Facebook group or a community, or if you're in a, do they have Chamber of Commerce in Australia? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay. It's called that. So when you're doing a 30-second commercial, you say instead of, you know, like I'm looking for people with pets, who do you know that is an awesome uh, veterinarian or dog groomer? And so that specifically then now you've got the entree, Charles Brown, suggested I contact you. So it's a warm introduction. It would make sense to integrate that sort of question into um, if you did booking forms, for example, or you had pre-session consults with your clients, that sort of thing. It would be such an easy thing to have in there um, that would then allow you to do this. Your Facebook, you could ask that periodically, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm looking for some some uh, dog groomers, uh, who do you love? And mm-hmm. yes, so then you've got this nice warm lead. Okay, so then then you've got the lead um, and former clients. Like one of my one of my clients is a landscape architect, and so I said, hey, I have this thank you gift program, or another good word for it is the customer appreciation program. Um, uh-huh. If you would like to gift a $500 certificate to your best clients, the ones that you feel would be a nice fit with what I do, um, I'd love to do that. And she sent out 20 uh, for Thanksgiving a few years ago. And I had a $20,000 client from that. And she's someone that was a client. So... A, she knew what the experience was like. B, she loves working with me. And then C, when they got that gift certificate from her and they know and trust her. And also she knows what they spent on the landscaping and on her architectural design service. So it's a beautiful fit. And Mm -hmm. it made her look really good. Absolutely. Now to jump in and bridge that gap between eye contact and can I kiss you? Yeah. <laughs> um, so you just mentioned that the landscape um, 
architect, the landscaper was a client of yours. How did that relationship evolve from you starting the relationship to her then hiring you? Um, she was actually in a networking group. Um, she was a port- regular portrait client. I'm talking about when you're recommending that anyone who you're building a, a relationship with or you're wanting to have this third party third-party marketing strategy with that they really should experience the whole experience, I guess, that your business has to offer. How do you make the leap from instigating a relationship, slowly building a relationship to offering them a gift, I guess, for themselves? Mm -hmm. So I would, you know, let's say where we go out, we meet for tea with mm-hmm. not the architect because she was already a client. So I just started thinking up which one of my regular clients right. uh, have businesses that might benefit from the customer appreciation program. And I just got on the phone and, you know, found a uh, realtor and, you know, some other of my clients. But let's say mm-hmm. I heard about uh, a pet groomer. And I called her up and we chatted and then we went to lunch. And then just in the conversation, I would say, hey, like I just thought of it. Hey, (laughs) I I have an idea. I have this customer appreciation program where you can gift your top clients a $500 gift certificate. And, um, you know, so we chat and I explain it. And then I'd say, you know, most, I really would want you to be able to be excited about offering this. So I'd love to do a session with you and your pet or session, you know, because by this time I'm going to know about their dogs and frogs and snakes and whatever animals they they have. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, I might say I'd really love to, you know, if it's not a mobile groomer, let's say it's someone that has a nice studio, I'd love to put photographs of, of Fluffy on your wall um, and, you know, just it kind of all weaves together. So Uh I have this great idea. Now, I might have said earlier in the conversation, you know, one of the things that I do to create a win-win is I love to decorate places where pets and their people hang out regularly. You know, is that something you might, might be interested is having some of my art on your walls? So, you know, that could come before or after the conversation about customer appreciation. Mm-hmm. Did that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Well, the gist is basically throw, throw it in like it's something that you've just thought of. Yeah. Um, hey, but I, I, li- I like, yeah. <laughs> um, but that makes sense. Absolutely. And I think the key to take away here is that the relationship needs to be in place first right. before you start trying to build the marketing strategy on from that. So that right. would be the big takeaway for listeners, I think. Right. So right. let's let's leap 
frog forward, you have the customer appreciation program in place. Other than, I guess, relying on the business that you're partnering with for choosing the appropriate clients who may or may not spend big, what is your best tips for turning clients into big spenders? I know you specialize in multiple large portraits, which yes. um, in today's world especially is really nice to hear in a, you know, in a digital world, it's good to hear about people who are still selling big. So I'd love to hear your insights there. Awesome. Cause this is my superpower. <laughs> I, I, um, when I was a kid, I realized one day, Oh, this was my first, uh, I'm going to create some art and go sell it. I walked around the block. I was seven or eight and I was not allowed to cross the street. So I was probably seven. I picked the neighbor's flowers. Then I made them into little bouquets. And then I walked back around the street and sold them to them. <laughs> back to the same neighbor's garden it was from? Yes. Oh, that is the best. I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that God didn't just make those flowers grow there. I had no idea. You know, there were, and I can just imagine how, you know, funny it must have been. And I, I made a little bit of change there. So the point of that story is selling is something that does come natural for me. And I know it's not true for many people. Um, so the framework that I like to, like the big umbrella about how to be an awesome, sale, awesome salesperson is to become their trusted advisor. And that's a step-by-step process. And if you really analyzed any major purchase or even minor purchase that you made that where the person got involved, they guided you, they, they shared about the features, they um, connected with you as a friend. You, you, if you picked it all apart, you'd realize they became your trusted advisor. Even buying ice cream, like what flavor do you like? Oh, this one's good. What about that? This has a little, you know, a little, it's a little tart. So um, it's a leadership role. It's not about being pushy. And I know that once I get a qualified lead on the phone, uh, it's on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> what would What's your first step in establishing yourself as a leader through through this process? So if I could only have two things physically, it would be a camera and a telephone. <laughs> Trying to conduct business via messaging, texting, emails. It's very cold, very impersonal, really difficult to get to the yeah, $10,000 sale or a $4,000 sale, in my opinion. So once I get an inquiry, whether it's an email or, or a phone call, I go through a series of steps on the phone. You know, I get, I get them on the phone. But if they email, the email back is this friendly, uh, Thanks for contacting me. I love two-year-olds. Aren't they the most fun? Um, I would love to chat 
and find out more about what you're looking for, share a little about how I work. And, um, and if they've asked me about money, then I'd say, and I can share more about the investment at that point, you know, so Uh please send your phone number and also feel free to call me at your next opportunity. So on the phone, there's a series of steps and I teach this in depth. Um, in fact, in my, my coaching group right now, we're doing the telephone, which is, you know, foundational to everything. So the first step is to, uh, establish rapport. So having some nice light conversation about whatever the weather, how was your Christmas, etc. Then the next step is to get them to like you and love their life and love the subjects even deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I notice when people ask me questions about me and they seem really interested and they ask follow-up questions, I start to automatically really like those people. It's kind of funny Uh how that works. So, and then, so I start asking questions about their life. I think a lot of people have a script for questions for the phone that Uh are very unemotional and dry and kind of are a waste of time. And I'm not going to, I don't know anybody specifically. I've just, I've heard some questions that are just like, well, why would I want to ask that? I ask questions about, um, you know, tell me about your child. What's his personality like? Is he a mama's, more of a mama's boy or a daddy's boy? Um, if he's, and I got this little piece, I want to shout out to Steve Saparito if he ever listens to this or any of your listeners know him. He's the one that taught me about the importance of getting them deeply emotionally connected to, to their child or their pet or their parents or themselves with some rich questions. So one of his that I've incorporated is if they're playing nicely in their room by themselves, what would they be doing? So it's like you're putting them in, you're putting them in their home, looking at their life and beginning to feel their life. Um, So when dad's coming home and he's coming up the drive, you know, what happens in your house? Oh, all the kids run to the door and they fling their arms around them and they swing them around. So you get where I'm going Yeah, absolutely. I'm translating it to pets in my head. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So when you see, like, I had this awesome cat that I miss every day. And so if someone said, when you're coming home, you know, what happens? Well, my cat E.T. has his nose through the blinds and he's looking at me and I just see his little face. And then when I come in the door, You know, he rubs against my leg and I pick him up and like I could cry right now talking about that because I miss him. He was (laughs) the best cat that ever lived. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you know, when um, 
when did you get Rex? Uh, you know, where did you get him? Why did you know that mm-hmm. he was yours? What was that first connection? Why did you fall in love with him? What's a, what's the funniest thing he's done lately? You know, so questions like that. Are you suggesting that uh, a lot of this is on the phone before you've even met or you're also putting these sort of things in during the photo shoot or? No, on the phone, getting building that relationship. So with these questions, you're starting to make friends with them. And they're starting to get connection emotionally with their pets. So then the question is, so what, if I could create a portrait that would, where you would feel every day what you're feeling now in this conversation, where in your home would you love to see it every day? Where would you display it? So now I'm planting the seed for a wall portrait. So I find that so interesting that you're already planting the seed for wall portraits at that stage. Devil's advocate here. What is your um, then response to the client that goes, oh, no, I was more thinking, you know, I wasn't thinking of printing them necessarily or I was thinking of the digitals, for example, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, not an infrequent response these days. So, so what's your comeback there? So one of my favorite classic tools is the feel, felt, found response to an objection. Uh-huh. I understand how you feel. A lot of my clients have felt the same initially. What I found is that when we spend time planning the portraits in a way that they will be beautiful pieces of art and they'll capture all the love that you feel for Fluffy, that most people end up with something nice as art for their home. That they can appreciate every day. They're not looking at on a screen. Yep. Beautiful. I love that response. Now, um, if it's a gift certificate, then I do mm-hmm. a push, pull, push, where here I've pushed the idea, you know, wall portrait. Then I pull back and say, um, however, with your gift certificate, you're not required to purchase anything additional. But mm-hmm. honestly, I make it so hard for you that, you know, you're, you're, not going to be able to resist because I'm sure that you've got the cutest puppy ever and I'm going to capture that. Yeah. I love it. Feel, felt, found. Yep. Pull. No, push, pull, push, pull, pull. Push. No, push, pull, push. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, beautiful. That's easy to remember. So you've got, yeah, you've got your client on the phone. So now they're, now they're in love with the client, with their, their animal more. And they like me because I'm, you know, we're being friendly and nice. So now the next one is that I share a little about uh, how I work. So you may ask, because I might have also asked them something like the colors in their home or what they do for fun, 
with their pet, something like that. You may wonder why I'm asking these questions. Um, Because everything I do is custom. It's very personalized. I design art for your home that will be a lifetime treasure that you'll leave in your will because it's so special and beautiful. Um, And the more I know about you and your family and your pet, the more I can design this so that it, it looks beautiful with other art that you have, goes with your decor, um, makes you happy every day. How does that sound? And then I might go into a story here about a success if I'm having a good conversation. You know, for example, one family, their colors were the, this and that and blah, blah, blah. And so we designed it to go with that and then blah, 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 blah. I know I don't really say blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> you know, so I get that story. So then I ask, how does that sound? And often they'll say, sounds great. What's the price? So then I give a phrase that I learned from Charles Lewis 36 or 30 years ago. Most people invest a minimum of, you know, I might say five to 700. That might cover, that might that might give you something nice for your home and a couple small ones for the office or family. Does that work within your budget? I don't give high to low. I don't give individual details. I just drop a number that's high enough to determine whether they're going to be people that, that, you know, super low budget or if they just say, Oh sure. Yeah, fine then I know, you know, that information. If it's a gift certificate, then I say, you know, most people are going to invest an additional six or 700 or whatever number uh, so that they Uh can get something really nice as art in their home and maybe a few more to share. Does that work? Uh, I would usually, then I do the push, pull, push with that. So I don't say, does that work for you? I might just say, But again, you're not required to purchase anything. Although I promise I'm going to make it really difficult for you to to not decorate half your house in art. (laughs) So now I planted a seed. You had emotional reaction, right? So I'm, you know, planting, planting, planting. Um, So if this sounds great, our next step is a consultation. Going to get together. Uh, I'll show you more of my work. And if you, you know, learn more about your, your life and your family and your pets. And then if you want to go ahead and book, um, we'll decide the location, if there's any props or clothes or anything. And, you, you know, you can fill me in on, on the personality. And so you want to go ahead and book that consultation? Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then here's another seed planting. This is big. I have a little homework for you. We're pretending you're the clients. I want you to look around your home and think about any spaces, plural spaces, that might be beautiful to display photographic art. I also want, so I want you to photograph those spaces, measure them if you, if you get a chance also want you to photograph the interior so I can see your decor. 
bring pictures of your pet, your furry kids or your not furry kids. <laughs> um, and that will help in the planning. So I think I planted three seeds for wall portraits there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So then they come over, we have an expanded consultation. Uh, they see wall portraits. I do show pricing at that point. I don't have a lot of little things in the studio. So every step along the way, they're getting an idea that they're going to be buying art. Uh-huh. The When they do a session fee, I charge a, a low session fee and a minimum portrait purchase. Okay. In advance. So they know they're going to be buying art. So I say, um, uh, the session fee is let's say one fifty, and there's a three fifty minimum that you pay up front uh, for for prints. So five hundred dollars will book your session, and again you'll have three fifty mm-hmm. to spend. So they're not thinking it's five hundred and I get all the digitals. Now it's a big jump from say five hundred dollars to ten thousand dollars. Right. What's happening in the leap there? Yes. So, so I know that if people are easily comfortable investing five or six hundred dollars up front, then they're not just looking for something cheap. But I also know that that five or six hundred isn't going to scare them away by mm-hmm. too big of an investment up front required. So, What's happening is, okay, so I've done the phone. There's a lot of building that relationship. In the consultation, I'm also guiding them on location and clothing and and preparing the, the kids or the puppies, uh, you know, don't have them have some shots right before the session. Make sure you bring these yeah. kind of snacks. So trusted advisor, trusted advisor, trusted advisor, right? Just layering it on. Mm-hmm. And then... And showing them the wall art. And then at the session, I photograph a lot of variety. I also plant the seeds. If something's like, oh my gosh, I just love this. This might be, I could really see this over your fireplace. Planting seeds. At the end of the session, I remind them we're having our our presentation. You want to be prepared to order. Be sure that you've measured your wall spaces. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm, uh, putting a little more fertilizer on those, those mm-hmm. seeds that I want to bloom. And so uh-huh. then the really like, do, 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 this is how it all goes <laughs> is in the sales room using a projector not a reveal wall, not a television, not a, an iPad, but a projector where I can show them six feet wide. That all makes perfect sense. I'm getting the very clear idea that the, the trusted advisor is sort of the anchor to your entire strategy. And I think that's a good thing for listeners to keep in mind is the best way to sell is not with salesy techniques, but by becoming someone that your client trusts so that when you can guide them through this process, they're listening to you and 
they're not thinking, oh, she's just trying to, you know, upgrade me. Right. They're truly listening to you. So that makes absolute sense. There's something something else I want to jump in on, if that's okay. mm -hmm. Yeah. So if we go all the back to the beginning of time (laughs) of me (laughs) and my heart, I deeply believe that the most valuable thing that someone can own is wall portraits of people they love. Mm -hmm. My value on that is so extremely high that everything I do, even the trusted advisor role, everything is grounded in the fact that I believe this is what is best for them and that actually every person on the planet would benefit from photographic art of themselves and people they love. I have a portrait Mm -hmm. of myself that Bruce Hudson took many years ago. uh, He's a lot of of U.S. people know Bruce Hudson. He's been one of the best top photographers in for decades. Uh, It took of me and it totally captures my spirit and thousand times at least since this was taken 25 years ago or whenever when when I've looked at it I feel more love for myself I feel proud Mm -hmm. of myself when I think oh I'm a big fat loser which you know I don't know if anyone else ever feels that but sometimes (laughs) I do no never Never. negative (laughs) self-talk No. And I look at that and it's this beautiful ocean scene and I'm on a rock and I'm looking up in this pretty white dress. And that has impacted me my whole life. I don't have children, but I have nieces and nephews. There's been times when I wondered if I even liked them, you know, in their teen years. (laughs) And then I look at these portraits that I've taken of them and I go, oh my gosh, I love that girl. So, mm-hmm. so it all, it all starts with my why. And then it's much easier to sell because like my client last night, I actually made a very generous bundle for her. Um, my cost of goods was still below 15%, but on paper, she got a steal because mm-hmm. I wanted their family to have these portraits in their home. Yes, I easily could have not gifted her the eight extra small pictures or not done the couple in 11 by 14 instead of eight by 10. But I love these people now and I love their kids and the photographs were some of the best I've done in a long time. And so I stuck to my guns I pushed them gently to spend more than they were comfortable with. But it's because I know what it's going to mean to them more than they do because Uh they've never done this. They thought this was $500 gift certificate and all the digitals and they didn't have to spend any more. But I took them through this process and they invested $1,800. So, Uh but again, it's because 
of, you know, we have fires here in San Diego, we have, in California, there's hurricanes. People always say they're heartbroken because they lost all their photographs or they're so happy because they were able to get their photographs out of the house before it burned down. So that tells me that what we're doing is very, very important. Absolutely. I completely agree with you there. And I actually think that that is a really beautiful way to Mm. sum up everything that you're doing and sum up the end of this interview. Um, It's lovely to finish a a business interview with something from the heart because, you know, anyone listening is a photographer. We're all doing it for those reasons. And it's good to be reminded of that. So thank you for that, Lucy. Now, before before you do, I'm, I'm wary of your time, but before you do head off, I do know that you have a special list, a special offer for our listeners and you have an awesome ebook as well. So do you mind quickly telling them about that? Sure. So I have a, an ebook that's called 10 big ideas for marketing in the real world. And if you just go to www.insighttrainingforphotographers.com, you can sign up for that. And I love for you to print it out and highlight and send me an email that tells me if you have questions or share which of these marketing ideas sound great to you. And then I'm a coach. I've been, in addition to my portrait business, I'm very active in helping photographers build their own amazing photography businesses. And so if you think you might be ready for a coach, I would like you to apply for one of four complimentary strategy sessions. It's an hour, hour and a half where we, we dig into your hopes and dreams, uh, take a look at some things that might be holding you back, uh, and really get a nice solid grounding for, uh, where you are right now and where you want to go. Um, so you can email me at lucy at lucydumas.com, or you can also, uh, Facebook message me specifically at my Lucy Dumas. Uh, That seems to show up in Facebook more. Um, But, you know, just send me a quick email and say, yes, I'd love to apply. And we'll take it from there. Great. Um, Awesome. Thank you so much, Lucy. And we will put, um, we'll put all the links to, Lucy and everything that she does in the show notes. So for listeners, that's just the petphotographersclub.com forward slash podcast forward slash zero two one zero because we're season two, episode 10. But that was absolutely fantastic, Lucy. You've shared so much insight into everything from networking strategies to marketing. I love the circle of friends idea. So I'm sure that the listener has got a whole bunch from this episode. We're really appreciative for you coming on board and sharing all of that with us today. It's what I live for. I love to share. I love to help help people reach their dreams and just have amazing amazing lives in the lives in this industry thank you guys
Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Lucy. Um, yeah, for any, any of the listeners or any of our members listening, we'll also have the link to Lucy's ebook in the Members Mastermind group. So, again, guys, if you're not a member yet, you can join the club. It's the Pet Photographers Club com forward slash join it's just ten dollars a month and we have a bunch of content in there we have special offers from our guests um a lot of interaction that's the thing keeping everyone actionable and accountable and yeah thanks for coming on board lucy it's been such a pleasure and we'll chat to you soon i'm sure 